feeling pretty good, my friend, and we are just going to dive on in. So, welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges, one of the fastest growing podcasts in Cincinnati, Ohio, brought to you by Cole Hazenfield and Hayden Huber. Cole, how's it going, my man? Well, I just want to correct one thing you said, the fastest growing media show in the tri-state, not just Cincinnati. Humble roots, my friend, but I, I would agree with that. Ooh, look at that, man. Drinking a prime. Getting prime for the episode. That's right. Shout out to uh, Logan Paul and KSI, man. Hook us up with Dude, some did goods. See, did you see Jake Paul beat um, Anderson Silva? I did. I mean, I didn't watch it, but I saw the highlights. It's pretty cool. I mean, it, it is pretty... Um, people can say what they want about Logan and Jake. I mean, Jake obviously plays a very specific role for a reason in media. Yep. Right? He plays. He plays the villain to his advantage. But, like, a lot of the stuff he's doing for UFC fighters and stuff is actually really inspiring. Like, you, you weed through all the, like, the villainy stuff he does for media, which is actually genius. I mean, if you think about it, he's actually getting a lot done. I kind of agree anymore. And I'm kind of glad you just <clears throat> brought that up because, I mean, look at, look at us. I mean, I, I think we are both pretty much who we are on camera versus off camera, but... I think it's also good to recognize that just because you resonate with a personality online doesn't necessarily mean that's who they're going to be 24 seven. Like we're all human beings. And again, back to the point with Jake Paul and Logan Paul, like there is some good that they're doing. Like, yeah, there's definitely some stuff that I wouldn't agree with, but if you kind of take a step back and look at things contextually, they're doing probably a lot more good than they are bad. So like, that's kind of the message that I'm trying to promote here is like, yeah, it's easy for someone to just sit on the couch and critique so-and-so, but it's like, look, they're probably doing a lot more good than bad. So yeah, I I like that you brought that up. Even to add to that, Hayden, because I, I couldn't agree more with the thought process behind your, what you just said. I mean, there was, I think there's a lot more weight to it than what you just said, mm-hmm. but I think it's even more so that you can't always judge a a, per, a a social figure by what you see on the media specifically. Even more to that is like the media, like we always talk about Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's a snippet of things, right? It's a it's a moment in time, or it's a curated video or curated content. That's there to engage or to provide, to fill some gap to, I mean, for lack of a better word, to monetize a lot of the time. I mean, there is some good and stuff that comes out of it, but it's like, you know, you can't really interlink the two a lot of the times. Now, some people's brand is who they are, like what we're doing. I mean, we're pretty genuine, right? We're pretty genuine what we are. But, I mean, sometimes we stir the pot even. Even we're like, we're going to say some stuff and see if people will talk. So it's just, it's, it's an interesting dynamic as I guess what I would say. Yeah, it certainly is. And you and I are learning more and more, uh, with each and every passing day. Uh, the media business is definitely, uh, an interesting one to say the least, but yeah, people definitely play certain characters or personas, but is that who they are? I mean, I think that's up for interpretation, um, which is the beauty about the internet and figuring out how the internet works. So, Yeah. Speaking. I'm about to have to have that. I'm gonna have to have that conversation with Ava in the next few years. <laughs> I mean, she went from like not even wanting to be 
for the listeners, my oldest daughter, Ava, mm-hmm. from not even wanting to like have much to do with like, you know, she could never name a music artist like a year ago, right? Like she didn't, you know, she listened to whatever I listened to, like or or Disney soundtracks, you know, not really knowing what YouTube was, not really knowing like to like all of us now she's you fast forward a year and it's like she wants to shop, she's shopping on Amazon. She's <laughs> she's like telling me like I want to listen to AJR, all this stuff. And I'm like my gosh. She's dude. got good taste if she likes AJR, man. AJR, bang, bang, bang. You know that song? Yeah. She loves that song. Now, how much of that do you think she's being influenced by her peers or her friends? I'm assuming that's what a lot of that would be, right? She's starting a to get to that it. age, yeah, where she's starting to create her own personality, but also, not to say that she didn't have her own personality, but she is being influenced by those that she's spending a lot of time with. I mean, it's well, human it's, nature. Interest, it's interesting <clears throat> to see how that comes out, right? And there's mm-hmm. no better study of the human brain than watching a child. Like there's no better example of how the human brain works and develops than like, and being conscious of like, okay, like I can go back six months and go six months ago before Ava hit third grade, you know, she, she wasn't into this, Mm -hmm. but now fast forward now. And like, she really cares about how her hair looks in the morning, right? You know, things like that, which aren't good or bad or this or that, but, it's very interesting. And uh, shout out to Netflix for the series that The Mind Explained. Because that's kind of anybody that hasn't watched that yet, you got to listen to it. Netflix, can't wait for you guys to sponsor us. Great series. But the, the show itself is basically about like there's different uh, episodes. And I'll just give you a synopsis of it. It's about literally what they say the mind explained, but the how the mind isn't just like, uh, you know, we talk about depression, anxiety and things, mm-hmm. and the chemical aspect and the physical aspect of that. It's all about like how brains develop and the physical limitations and the why people are the way they are in certain aspects of their lives. And a lot of it has to do with like how their brain and certain areas of their brain actually developed over time. That's phenomenal. I'm going to have it's, to check that out. It's, it's super, inter- Netflix? super interesting. Yeah. All right. The the one thing I'll say this I'll just drop a little nugget then we'll move on to to more more stuff but the nugget I'll drop is the first episode really got me because it's talking about how teenagers mature their how their brain does not stop growing your brain doesn't stop growing physically till you're 25 mm-hmm. so the reason like why the younger generation is more uh, more willing to take risks and do certain things and go out on a limb is literally be, not just because of hereditary or influences from the outside, but their physical makeup, their brain has not developed the same things that a 35 or 40-year-old brain has. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, that's super fascinating. I love that stuff. I, I want to get more uh, involved in learning more about human psychology and stuff like that. I mean, even looking back, reflecting on myself, I mean, where I am now in life, I'm definitely in a, a different spot than five years ago, four years ago, obviously. But when I yeah hit the 25 mark, it's like, dang, I'm a completely different person versus the 20, 21-year-old me. Like, it's night and day. And it's pretty cool to look back, too. Um, yeah. Interesting it's neat stuff. To notice some t- it's neat to notice, I think, when I watched that episode, I started thinking about, like, I was driving into work, and I was thinking to myself, well what about me at that age has changed to now? Like my core 
the core coalisms, my core nature, my personality has not changed. That's not that that doesn't change. But your values change, your habits change, and just thinking about like some of the things I would have done then <clears throat> that I'm like that I wouldn't do now, but not necessarily because I've changed as a human being, but because my threshold for risk or my understanding of what that could entail is way better. Why would I do it? It's just a different way of thinking. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I think we should uh, do a deep dive on some of that stuff in an upcoming episode. Human psychology. I'll keep keep doing my homework. All right. Yeah, keep watching that Netflix series and uh, giving us some good information. Speaking of uh, the internet and just personalities, I know you and I have talked about this guy before. Um, cause he's been in the news. I mean, when is he not in the news? Elon Musk, man, he's, uh, shaking up things once again at Twitter. I guess the final, uh, purchase went through over the past, uh, couple of weeks. And, you know, you and I have kind of given our takes on, uh, freedom of speech and, you know, playing pros and cons to allowing Twitter to, maybe allow certain personalities to, to share what they want. But I, I want to kind of hold off on that. I want to talk more about some of the plans that Elon Musk is trying to implement, whether or not they're going to be successful. I have my thoughts, but I want to hear from you first. So I'll tee this up for you. It sounds like he's trying to find additional ways to uh, bring in revenue uh, for Twitter because I think they've been uh, taking a loss for a very long time. And I don't know if they've ever been profitable, <laughs> but you can fact check me on that. Anyhow, what he wants to do or one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to turn Twitter into like a service-based platform where you have to pay a monthly fee. I believe it's monthly. Maybe you can do annually. It doesn't really matter. But to have that blue check mark. That's what a lot of people want. Having that blue check mark signifies that you're so and so. But kind of wanted to get status, your thoughts, right? You've yeah. Got a status. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him wanting to charge people for that? You want my honest opinion? He should charge everybody to use the platform. Damn right. Dollar ninety nine. Dollar ninety nine a month. Damn right. Everybody'd pay it. I don't. I don't know a person that uses Twitter on a regular basis that would blink an eye. It, even two ninety nine a month. I think so he wants to I charge it, twenty dollars. So by the way, a month for the if you want to do the verified check mark thing. Yeah, but I mean the verified. There's like certain requirements you have to hit, anyways, right? So if you're a verified check check marker on on it, Twitter, I'm assuming you've probably got millions of dollars or millions of followers through a bunch of platforms, and that's why. I think we're going to have work? I think we're going to have to do a little bit more homework but we're we're still going to try to talk through this I mean, tonight. It's no. Gonna be, it, it's going to be it's going to be similar to Instagram, I, right? Instagram you get a check once you got a certain following. I I don't know if it's that black and white to be honest, which is what's <clears throat> remarkable and interesting about it. Like that's kind of where I I disagree. If I'm correct in saying that there's a lot of subjectiveness, it's typically and I wish we had a producer which we're manifesting this. Someday we will. We can have someone pull something up live for us to both look at. I think it's merely a person that's got a lot of quote unquote clout. So you don't want someone to go out and impersonate you. So there are people that have like 2000 Twitter followers could have a legitimate blue check mark versus someone that has 2 million. So it's not sheerly just based on the number of followers that you have. Okay. I've actually got it pulled up as our as our production. Are you going to basically tell me I'm bull, I'm full of shit? 
It's all bullshit. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah. Um, there's a combination of things. So it says to so get a blue verified badge, you've got to provide. So there's the first thing is you got to be authentic. So it means you basically have to pro- provide a like link to your website or references, ID verification, and an official email address, whatever that means. I and mean, that can be up for debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, notable is the second one. So notable is that celebrity, but you don't have to truly be a celebrity. News coverage. Provide news articles that are about or reference yourself or your organization multiple times in the article. They must be ver- from verified news organizations and can't be a blog or self-published content. Google Trends. Provide a link to a profile on Google Trends that depicts search history and is linked to the category in which you're applying. Uh, Wikipedia. Provide a link to a stable Wikipedia article about you or your organization. You're putting me to sleep. I think I think you made the point though. You you confirmed it. That's, that's why I was. That's what I was trying to. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. No. I, was, I mean, they're a little boring, but I was kind of like, they, like they're very boring. But they're like, yeah, basically, like you have to be famous. You got to be, and like the per- first part, like okay, you just prove it's you. Anyways, long story short, back to the original question is. Do I think people should have to pay for that? Absolutely. And do I think that that should should is the wrong word. Do I think it's okay for Twitter to to yes, because they're an organization. They they should be able to make that determination if they want. Right. They're a business. Um, they're trying to monetize and bring I in think money. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially if they're struggling to generate uh, a profitable uh, income at the end of the well, the fiscal year. You know what's interesting is look at and he's following the model of like every single media platform out there right now, including like most of the online Forbes.com, entrepreneur.com, inc.com, uh, bizjournals.com. You go to all of, and these are, I'm just naming some ones that are, were usually strictly like online, like website content, right? Blogs and stuff. They've all gone to subscriptions. Like you ever get that when you, you click on a link on, on LinkedIn and I'll just like, you've got one, you know, two of, Three free articles left. It's gated. Yep. Which is frustrating, no, I think though. that's where everybody's going. <laughs> At the same time. I think that's where... Dude, it's so irritating, though. Like, I get that so much, because I'm like, I'm not going to sign up for this. But I think that's that's the trend he's following. And I think he is he's not a early adopter of that trend. So I'm saying, hey, I'm going to make people use my... Pay to use my platform. Well, I mean, you know, if he's trying to be more of, like, a businessy and news I, it I, makes a lot of sense i want to make one point of clarity i think he's still keeping it as like free to to post whatever or whatever right. you want to tweet but if you want to have that verified check mark you have to pay a monthly recurring fee which i believe is twenty dollars and i see nothing yeah. wrong with charging people if they want to keep that status or that cloud no, I'm just, at I'm, the same time like i think and this is somewhat of a hot take. Anyone should be allowed to have a quote unquote blue check mark, right? Because then you're creating categories of, oh, this person is seen as more superior than this person. I mean, yeah, I don't know about all that. I mean, well, there's like, reasons the, for if, why. If anybody, could, if anybody could pay to have a blue check mark, then there's just no value in the blue check mark. It's like, you know what I mean? Because, like, if it's 20 bucks. You know how many people are gonna be like, "Well, I want clout. Like, I'm gonna pay twenty dollars a month, right?" I got to uh, where you. I wanted you to go. I don't think there's really any. I think the blue check mark should maybe go away. Is my real stance because again, yeah, you're saying that saying. Dwayne <clears throat> Johnson, and I mean, this is me just playing devil's advocate here, but Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, for example, 
Oprah Winfrey, those people are more important than you and I? I mean, no, in what context, think, right, is what people that, would say. Go ahead. Well, here's here's the con- here's the counter to that. Here's a good little good little back and forth here. Here's the counter to that. I'm Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay, and now go to the other side of it. I'm somebody sitting overseas or or even in the U.S. And I decided that I'm gonna troll Dwayne the Rock Johnson because he pissed me off in his last movie. So I'm gonna fit create 16 different Dwayne the Rock Johnson accounts, and I'm gonna blue check mark them all. So I think the blue check mark, yes, there's that aspect of it, like. Oh, it's a social aspect, but it's also like if I'm a celebrity that has that kind of social prowess or social status, like I the blue check mark lets lets people know that this is me. And it's if verified, legitimate yeah, versus like someone impersonating. If, if I'm posting something, they know it's coming from me. So that's the side of it I I do see. Like there's it's a mixed bag there. No, you're spot on. And I'm just kind of trying to stir the pot and play devil's advocate. But if you have really good technology, and I think this was even in some of the uh, acquisition details when Elon was looking to make that purchase, a lot of accounts are fake. If you've got really good AI, you can start to cipher through, this is a bogus account, right? So in your example, 16 Dwayne Johnson accounts were created overnight. To me, you'd have something that trips the alarm and shuts down those accounts within seconds. Maybe not seconds, but minutes. It it really shouldn't be that hard, in my opinion, based on the technology that I think is out there. So I think your point is debatable as well. Well, I would just, yeah, we could go down that rabbit hole all day. (laughs) I'm going to point out something else that actually happened. Cause I was reading about this earlier today, preparing for our, our, our show on this. And so Elon, he came in and a lot of people were like quitting. They're like, we don't agree with the, like the stance he takes with where he's going. So Twitter's actually been having a lot of people. Well, he actually also initiated and, and there's like mixed reviews about if it was initiated before he actually took over mm-hmm. or because he was coming up. But basically Twitter laid off a ton of their workforce, a ton. Yep. And I guess now that he's there and kind of getting a feel for things. A lot of the people, so no, I think he did. They laid him off once he got there. He, he laid off like half the staff. And now he's going, actually, some of the stuff I want to do, I actually need those people here. So now their Twitter is going back out and saying, knock, knock, knock. Actually, we actually didn't want to fire you. We actually need you. So if you were a Twitter employee that was let go, and then so, and then they came back to you and said, knock, 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 would you go? Would you go back and work for, him or would you say you would give him the bird? I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. I, I, I mean, if you want me to give an answer, I guess I'll give an answer. But I, I think my genuine, honest answer is I don't know. It depends on, you know, where I was in my career, and I think some of these people did get some pretty good severance packages. So if I'm sitting pretty, then yeah, maybe I'm like, no, I'm kind of go peace out and enjoy myself and figure out what's next or. Maybe, yeah, if I, I need to reevaluate my financial situation and I'm still kind of intrigued, then yeah, maybe I would look to uh, rejoin forces, which is kind of a, a PC answer. I didn't really give you an answer. I, I don't know unless it was really happening. What what would you do? 
Well, I would I would say <clears throat> as long as I liked what I did there, I'd take the job back, especially if I got a severance package. That would be icing on the cake. I'm right? sure there's paid- something in like a clause that says like if you were I, I don't know, maybe not. Go ahead. I keep I mean, if I had a severance, if they gave me a severance package and they really wanted me back and be like, listen, I'm keeping this. I want a 15% raise. <laughs> <laughs> and I want fr- and I want Fridays off. And that's what I that's what I do. I still want my unlimited vacation. Um well you no, saw think- the CEO got his financial compensation fully vested too, which he walked away with forty four million dollars. So if I'm him, I'm like, yeah, see ya. And I know for sure Elon doesn't want that guy back because those guys have butted heads from what I've seen oh, or read online. Well, yeah. Elon was calling him out like you're yeah. doing this wrong. Yeah. Right or wrong. Anyhow, I say we slightly pivot because this is a related topic as much as you and I both enjoy some of the entertainment that comes from Elon Musk. Uh, it's time to move on to something slightly different, but in the grand, on up. That's right. In, right the, in the grand scheme of things, like when you're starting out uh, with a business, you kind of have an option. And I guess you could argue that there's more than just two options, but you could start something that is more service focused versus like a physical um, or hard uh, good. What are your just overall thoughts in terms of which one do you prefer personally or like what are the pros and cons and all weigh in afterwards? Well, I think there's I guess so many different routes you go with that. I, I believe it all starts with like, you know, it, it's such a hard question. So I'm going to try to stay, I'm going to try to stay on the business analytical side versus the human nature and your experiences side, sure. because if you go on that route, you can say, well, what experience has led you to start this product? And then I'd say, yeah, if, if you've got a, a vested interest in it and you see a need, you go with the physical product. You don't. So I, I think, I think if you're looking from like a, a true business, I think it's for me, I would go with, I'd try to go with a combination of the two. And maybe that's not the answer you were looking for, but I'd try to go with something that I could sell. That was a physical good that I could provide continual service to either maintain Mm. or or to just you know as a as an ongoing service to you know what x y and z to support them in that so i would probably look for something that was a combination of two what i would really look for is something i could sell and then maintain something that you can sell one time you get the one time you know fee and then you you get a small monthly service fee to help keep it up to date yeah i mean I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, and I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts there. I mean, some of the things that come to mind for me from a service-oriented uh, stance is it's probably, and again, keyword probably, a little bit easier not to underestimate any type of business, but a little bit easier to scale when you're working with maybe a service or my, my mind goes to software when I think of service, but anyhow, right. probably a little bit easier to scale. You have less overhead at times when it comes to hiring <laughs> certain resources, but at the same time, the resources that you need, and again, this is very specific to more so like a software subscription model, you have to have some very specific talent or skill sets to come in and do what you need again, this is debatable. So I'm caveating that versus 
a physical good, I think there's a <laughs> lower probability of having not as technical people involved and it's a lot easier to find people if that makes sense. Like you could go out and hire someone a little bit easier when you're trying to, and I'm comparing a software company versus like a retail t-shirt company because that's my experience here. And you can go hire anyone pretty quickly to go run your t-shirt company or go help you sell stuff online. That's a physical good versus oh, you got to actually find someone that knows their stuff when it comes to coding. <laughs> what types of languages do they know? Uh, what security practices do they implement when building out their code? Things like that. So really the takeaway there is you are working with two different types of employees or potential employees. And I think it's a little bit harder with a software slash service company versus more of a physical goods company. But that's totally debatable. Yeah. I mean, again, it is debatable and it's like, what, what, like, so what side of the coin do you want to play here? I would say, uh, Hayden, like great point that there's just different nuances and there's different levers with a service company, especially if you're going specifically software as a service. Cause I mean, you go, I mean, you know, logistics, you could go cleaning, you go in all there. I mean, a million different service industries, but specifically talking about that, you're comparing the two, you know, a, a physical good. If you're selling a good, I think you're right. If you're producing a good, I would say I would disagree with with that specifically because I was in the hardware, build your own tech business, and that was really complicated. But building a good, like developing. Okay, so I want I want to be very clear. Coming up with an, uh, coming up with something, developing it in your own process, and then manufacturing a good that good, and then selling it is, I think, <clears throat> just as hard. But if you're just reselling a good that's like like you said, like a t shirt, right? You're buying and selling a t shirt. Yeah, then that's way easier. I mean, then 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 that that I believe that holds true. But I think there's so many different caveats, like ins and outs to that. Um, but like the product, you know, the product development process and as a whole, that's where I think it gets a lot more complicated. Yeah. You're, you're spot on. There's so many different variables. I mean, some of the thoughts that we've been sharing here are just kind of some pretty surface level thoughts, not to say that some of the stuff isn't, uh, incorrect, but again, you can poke holes in some of the pros and cons that we've been sharing, but that's the awesome thing about this show is we just want to try to get people to think a little bit differently about certain, uh, business situations and, and whatnot. I think one other thing though, that I would add from a, an advantage with a service is you don't have to deal with supply chain issues as frequently either, right? Because it's technology, it's being built um, in a, a virtual world versus, yeah, if your shipment of stuff is stuck on a container over in a foreign country, you're kind of shit out of luck. There's yeah, only so look, much you can do. <laughs> look at this past three <laughs> three years. Yeah. The software companies fucking killed it. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, look at Zoom. We're on a platform that literally went, whoop. Now, I mean, now they're making their own phones. They got their own conference room set up. But like they they went through the roof when COVID hit. Meanwhile, like you know anybody that was in you know construction, manufacturing. I mean that it, it was brutal. It was brutal for the goods industry. Yeah, I I think a lot of companies these days. I'm being careful with my words here now. Want to be a technology company. 
I mean, it's the world that everyone wants to be in. And again, there's a lot of advantages to why people want to try to go down that route. But I would say every company, I'd take it a step further. Every company wants to be a technology company and every company I believe should look at themselves and, and say, what do I need to do to be a technology company? And that does not necessarily mean selling technology, but technology company literally like the, the latest and greatest tech to run your business and doing the state of, next state-of-the-art things to be able to offer your customers technologically integrated solutions. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to be a tech company because that's where we're going. Yeah, I would agree with that. You brought up another great point, though, when you were explaining uh, some stuff. Like, it would be nice to kind of have a full, I'll say, the vertical ownership of if you are building out like a physical product, but there's also software components and having that full ownership. I mean, look at Apple, for example, right? They've got that on lock. And that's why they've seen a lot of success over the last 10, 15 plus years. Um, but I did see recently, I don't know if you've uh, caught this and I don't think it's yet final, but over, I believe in Europe, um, there's a, I'll call it like a hearing going on where they want to make the, and I guess it's not necessarily Apple, but Apple is definitely involved here. They want to make smartphone charging or chargers universal and Apple is notorious for coming up with different types of chargers, which mm-hmm. screw over your everyday customer. That's like, crap, I got to go buy a new type of charger to plug this phone into. Or let's say you had a different type of phone that was an Android phone. You can't, you know, leverage an old cord. I mean, again, you can debate some of that, but it is kind of shady for Apple. I mean, if you work for Apple, it's a great business model because you have to have people come back and buy then another pro- product an add-on, but it does piss off some people. Cause it's like, really? Like I've just bought a new phone and I have to also buy like a separate charger to plug this thing in and make it work. I mean, it's definitely very interesting. Um, and yeah, Apple's been known for doing some shady stuff like that. And also with their software where they won't support oh, I it. But that. I have been in the software space now long enough to kind of see Apple's stance, but I'm trying to play neutral too. Like if you've got like, it's a numbers game, like anything in life. If you have, let's say 1% of your customer base using a iPhone 5, you're not going to want to have technology or resources stood up to support that. And I'm oversimplifying it. But like at a certain point, you kill off a product and you go leverage where the masses are. Well, right. They let you use it, but they're like, hey, you know, your your fee, your fee to us for you using that is we're going to drain your battery 15 times faster. Yeah, because we're going to we're going to put this off. We're going to house this software somewhere that's, you know, off the grid. That's one of our, you know last data centers and we're still going to keep it but for you to be able to get and use it we're going to just make your battery run so goddamn slow you're going to have a shitty experience yeah you're going to basically be forced into like we're not going to make you yeah upgrade but we're going to make you upgrade exactly yeah for sure but the charger thing got me one time it did oh yeah yeah i think they've been what i got i think when i got this phone the brick thing, I think when I got my phone, it didn't come with a charger. Yeah. 
I mean, but they used to they used to just come with a charger and headphones. Now they don't. But I think part of that has because been because they feel like enough people do have the latest updated chargers and and stuff. But there are definitely instances where that's not the case. Yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. I mean, you know, they're saying they don't make products like they used to. Like <laughs> you could pick apart like there's a reason for that uh, in multiple ways, but like from taking a company's perspective, yeah, they want customers to keep coming back. They want reoccurring customers. So yeah, we'll build you a product that you're satisfied with for quote unquote, maybe two ish years, five years max. Again, thinking of like a smartphone, but then we want you to come back and buy another one and then another versus I I was about to say cars, but there's certain things that were built to last back in the day, especially hearing from like my parents and my grandparents, you'd always hear that saying, it's like, things aren't built the way that they were back in the day. <laughs> I was going to say the, the old man that goes, they just don't, they just don't make them like they used to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, I've heard that so many times. Yeah. So many times, but my my uncle used to say it's nothing like a good old Chevy, nineteen ninety Chevy. I'll tell you what, that thing will run for the rest of your life. <laughs> what he say? And he literally sounds like that too. I couldn't make it up. I mean, it's rest, very, rest in peace, Uncle Toy. Rest uh, in peace. R.I.P. Uh, it's definitely very situational or debatable. As I continue to throughout with a lot of these topics, but you know, as long as you're putting out good value to customers, and again, what is good value seen as that that's up for debate. I think it's certainly acceptable for some of these companies to want to try to build new products every so often and try to get additional income. I mean, it makes sense from that perspective, but it does suck when you are that customer that's like, crap, I got to go spend another thousand dollars like two years from now, maybe to buy this phone. And that's probably an extreme case, but there are some people that think like that, thinking that they have to have the latest, you know, smartphone out there. Maybe I'm one of those people, maybe not, but it's interesting. Interesting indeed. <clears throat> well, I think your lips are starting to turn blue out there, my friend. I think uh, I got it. Hey, I got. I'm hooked up, man. I got a space heater. You know, soon I'm gonna have one of those like little towers with the propane on it. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be cooking with the gas. Heck man. yeah, man! You gotta have me come over and build you something nice to keep you warm. Or you got to get your yeah, setup going down in, in the basement, man. Dude, it's just like construction's been underway. I mean, dude, it's it's a 20,000 square foot basement. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're still waiting on your invoice or your bid back from me, right? It's like the bat cave. It's like, the, <laughs> it's like, the, like you go down and you, know, you go down his basement and it's like, it's like, yeah. It's like a That's different world. It, it's just a little behind. Just hey, a little behind. That's all right. That's kind of the world that we live in. Everything seems like it's behind, but it's all good. Hey, I had a good time, but I'm ready to wrap things up. Unless you had something else that you wanted to dive into. I was going to close us out, man. I was going to sign us out. Over to you, Mr. Hazenfield. Take the mic. All right, guys, guys, ladies, uh, everybody, thank you so much once again for listening to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. So much fun having these discussions. We enjoy all the feedback and comments and interaction we're getting from you guys and 
have a couple cool guests coming up in the next couple months. So stay tuned. Check out our website, www.unscriptedexchanges.com. You can also reach that via our Instagram, LinkedIn pages, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. We're there. Check it out. Check out our merch. Get something, wear it, tag us in it, and you could be entered in a raffle. Thanks very much.